0: Welcome here. Uh, Yes, it is Mother's Day. And uh, I feel a little bit like I'm caught in the middle. I have a 90-year-old godly mother, a wife that was or is a mother to our two boys, and now a daughter-in-law that has the joys and challenges of being a mother to our first, uh, she's now a one-year-old granddaughter. It's hard to know what to say on Mother's Day, Some of us will never be mothers, including me. Others want to be, but for one reason or another haven't had the opportunity. And still others have had a difficult time as a mother, or their relationship with their own mother has been painful or difficult. Well, this morning, some pastors will talk about famous biblical mothers. Naomi, whose daughter Ruth decided to follow her home. Hannah, the mother who gave birth to Samuel, And then gave him back to God. Or Jochebed, the mother of Moses, who hid him for three months from the Egyptians to try to save his life. Or Elizabeth, who in her old age and barren, kind of like Abraham's wife Sarah, became the mother of John the Baptist. And the list goes on. Other pastors this morning will talk about the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31. And uh, I've read that many times. It feels like such an excessive eulogy that most mothers will feel they don't measure up. And I don't know that we need a guilt trip. This morning, I want to draw our attention to two mothers in Scripture that probably don't get terribly much attention, but their story gives us some Mother's Day wisdom. Lois and Eunice, as uh, Pastor Mo already read in Second Timothy chapter 1. Lois and Eunice were Timothy's grandmother and mother, respectively. And verse 5 says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which was first, or which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and therefore I am persuaded now lives in you also. It is apparent that Timothy was a third generation Christian who owed his sincere faith to the groundwork done in his life by his mother and his grandmother, who, as 2 Timothy 3.15 says, they had taught him the scriptures from infancy. 2 Timothy 3.15 says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So, Timothy had this amazing heritage that Paul is referring to. Paul is writing his last letter to Timothy here, his disciple whom he has mentored along with Titus. And he is now passing on the baton, and Second Timothy, this letter, does read like a last will and testament. It, it seems that he is very aware that his life is coming to an end. I've often talked about our task as parents, uh, that of giving our children roots and wings. In fact, last Sunday I suggested that part of the roots task has to do with spiritual formation. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 23, verse 22 to 25 says, Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth and do not sell it. Buy wisdom, instruction, and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice. He who fathers a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. Proverbs 29.15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Truth of the matter is, you can be the most godly woman to have ever walked the face of this, this earth, but still will not erase or nullify free choice. Ultimately, the choice belongs to your child, as it did to you and others before you. That is part of the reality of Wings. This morning, as I contemplate the legacy that my own mother has left me, I recognize that it falls to me to, as Paul says, fan into flames, this faith that has been modeled for me, that I have received and accepted personally. That is my responsibility, and it is yours as well. I'm not sure if it's still a thing to blame your parents for everything. And yes, the Bible does talk about the challenge of generational sins, passed down from one generation to the other. But the past doesn't absolve any of us of the choices we make today, nor does it have to dictate your future, good or bad. Having a godly mother doesn't automatically result in your being godly. Just like having a mother that wasn't godly can't necessarily keep you from being godly. I recognize that there might be some listening to me this morning that didn't have a great experience at home. For some, in fact, thinking about their parents is actually painful. In most of those cases, I'd like to think that your parents actually love you and want the best for you. And maybe they just hadn't learned how to parent you. In fact, they might have had parenting modeled poorly for them. We all have baggage. I trust that God's grace, that with God's grace, you will be able to turn that around and not pass. The same painful experience to your children, if in fact you are blessed with parenthood. So why does the Bible tell us to honour your father and mother? In Ephesians 6 verses 1 to 3, uh, quoting Deuteronomy chapter 5, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Proverbs one verses eight and nine. "Hear, my son, your father's instruction and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck." I'm guessing that in today's culture that doesn't really resonate garland and pen, pendants and all of that. Proverbs 15:20, "A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother." Proverbs 19:27, "Cease to hear instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge." Well, I believe that the injunction to honor our parents is based on the general principle of wisdom that is gained by experience. And yes, there are always exceptions. They say that as a father, you are a hero when your son is five years old. You know everything. And then when your son turns 50, you're a zero. You know absolutely nothing. Well, hang on because when your son turns 30 and maybe he's a father himself suddenly you know something again so you've got to hang in there you've got to hang in there Paul as, spirit, uh, as Timothy's spiritual father emphasizes his prayers for Timothy one of the key things that mothers do for their children is to pray for them and this is gonna sound like a confession given the way I drove motorbike and snowmobile when I was younger I sometimes wonder if I'd still be here if I didn't have a praying mother. I no longer drive snowmobiles, so the danger is cut in half. Parenting is meant to be done in the context of a supporting community as well. It has been said, as Diane already mentioned, it takes a village to raise a child. This is one of the reasons we do parent-child dedication. We're not dedicating the child per se, yes, that's part of it, but we're actually just as parents, saying, Church, would you come alongside us and support us in this amazing task and responsibility of training up our children? So we agree to come alongside the parents as a church family to support them in their efforts. You you might not be a mother or a father this morning, but as part of this family of faith, you do have an important role to play. You will have many opportunities to mentor, to come alongside, to encourage, not just the children in the congregation, but their parents as well. Being a parent in today's society can be a difficult task, but God gives special grace for the task, as is evident from the good job that Lois and Eunice did in bringing up Timothy. Timothy. Paul entrusted him with the church at Ephesus. In fact, both Timothy and Titus were given these amazingly difficult responsibilities. But Paul had mentored them, he was praying for them, and he had invested in them so that he was able to pass on the baton. Today, whether you are a mother or not, we can all honor our mothers by making good choices. And if you had the blessing... Or have the blessing of a godly mother you've already been given a head start so today I want to encourage you I know some of us are a little discouraged with uh, with our situation uh, in the province Uh, but you can be encouraged and today in one way or another you can honor your mother and uh, if you are a mother you can celebrate that fact and uh, let's let's be an encouragement to one another. Let's celebrate this day, and let's recognize that God makes the difference. Let's pray, and then we'll get the praise band to come up and lead us in some more singing. Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you for my godly mother, and thank you for the many mothers that have sought to be salt and light, have sought to train up their children in a godly way. And we ask that as a church family, you will help us to be salt and light, to mentor, to encourage those that come behind us, those that walk beside us. Uh, Help us to um, be a positive influence in their lives. And today, help us to appreciate the heritage that we have and to, to thank you and to be grateful for it. And uh, we ask this in Jesus' precious name and for his sake. Amen.